the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. From our 1077 The Bone Studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click, Bimbo Jimbo, alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. And we're live, pal. Hey, Jimbo, I just want to let you know, I'm brilliant. God, we are going to get into all of that. Thank you, Mr. McMahon, who I love. But we, I have a lot of uh, thoughts, feelings, and emotions from Raw and SmackDown this week they were going to get into. But let's start right there with... Wild card, which I immediately thought of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the character of Charlie screaming wild card and then jumping out of the back of the van and, you know, just causing mayhem, which is essentially what, uh, in my opinion, this whole wild card nonsense does. But, Huey, your overall thoughts on Raw before we get directly into the wild card rule. Well, this whole episode screamed desperation of the alleged low ratings that Raw and SmackDown have now suffered over the last few months and the, the, the decline and now apparently within the last I guess was it last week's episode was the lowest ratings ever for Raw and SmackDown so this whole episode both Raw and SmackDown just both screamed desperation and the use of what current WWE their big names are being used and what they're trying to they're scrambling to try to find some answers for the low ratings, and it just it, this, this whole these last two episodes of Raw and SmackDown, it just it, it feels like that they're they're just like scrambling to find answers for uh, how bad things are going right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm hesitant to use the word desperation because, in spite of any low ratings, I I truly do feel like the WWE is not desperate because still currently. They are the only real game in town that is a you know a, a you know publicly traded company, this global entity, and everything like that. But it was a stretch. Uh, the whole wild card thing is a big time stretch. And my, my gut immediate reaction, uh, not to the segment necessarily, which was abysmal uh, and just awful and awkward. Uh, three A words there for you. Uh, but it was, uh, was a lot of alliteration. My gut reaction, though, was RIP brand split. This, I think, ladies and gentlemen, we will look back at. This is the death knell for the split brands, in my estimation. And it's been it's been coming. It's been death by a thousand cuts. You know, John Cena, the free agent, and, and so forth. The superstar shakeup continuing into probably it's still going on as far as far as I can tell. Um, but it, 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 this, this though is the true, uh, demarcation point where it's like, wow, now we're doing this wild card thing where essentially we're just going to have to have some of our top stars on both shows 
hashtag because. Yeah. And that that it just it, I Well, just end it. Yeah. Just end it then. Well, just look at the last 6 months since post what Survivor Series. So looking back to December on, it was Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Shane and Vince McMahon all coming out and it looks like they were just doing like a soft reboot on everything they've been doing and telling the audience at WWE Universe that they're the authority now. And we all thought, oh, cool. So moving forward, things are going to change for the better. And then we, we said, what, back in January, I think when we were talking about this, we thought, okay, it's going to take maybe a few weeks, a month or two to kind of see these changes start taking place. Well, post-Royal Rumble uh, and then February, and then we get into WrestleMania season. And let's see, what else do we have? We had, okay, they're saying that we're the authority now. And then what was next? They had all the, the first round of NXT call-ups that they were teasing for weeks on end. And then, uh, what was it, February? Was it when they initially brought up the, the four of uh, Ciampa, Gargano, Alistair Black, and Ricochet? And so it's like, okay, you had, at the end of 2018, you were teasing all these NXT call-ups that you're going to have, of, you know, Lars Sullivan, uh, all those guys, EC3, et cetera. And then you bring up another quick batch because it seemed like they were, okay, we need more names, and so let's t- get more people from NXT. And then we have WrestleMania season, and post-WrestleMania, we have the superstar shakeup. So it's like, okay, here's another thing. We're trying to shake up the roster in both shows and kind of revive the shows or reboot it, whatever you want to call it. And now, less than a month later after shakeup, we're now doing a wild card. So between telling us we're the authority – NXT call-ups, part one, part two, superstar shakeup, now wild card. It's like in the last five, six months, we've had all these different, like, changes, and it just seems like the Wild West, no pun intended, of uh, just, like, they're just kind of throwing whatever they can at the wall and seeing what they can do to to turn ratings around. Vince had an epiphany, bro. <laughs> He's I'm brilliant. brilliant. God. I, man, the segment itself, no matter how you feel about the wild card uh, rule, just was awkward and bad in and yeah. of itself. It, it was again such a stretch. It just it didn't make any sense. Yeah. And you know Roman Reigns being on like I just the whole the whole dog and pony show of Roman saying he had unfinished business on Raw mm-hmm. and WWE saying no that he couldn't go. And then of course he shows up. It just was uh, just was so bad. Yeah. And it, it makes me like I I don't know. It it doesn't it doesn't make me want to cheer for Roman Reigns more. I'll tell you that. Well, and it, it just it, it I don't think this did anybody any favors, and it underscores sort of like why do we have two sets of champions then? Mm-hmm. If if we're gonna have wild card Kofi here on Raw yeah. and stuff like that, uh, and you know I've been a proponent for a long time of having just one set of champions for both brands, mm-hmm. but the thing I keep coming back to is just that this is this is spelling the end for the brand split, and hopefully soon. If they're going to do this, hopefully they just end it soon and put it out of its misery because I, I th- it's the old S or get off the pot kind of thing, and they're not going to do either brand any favors, I think, with, with this uh, watering down of the brand extension. It's just going to be more confusion, and, and so I'd rather they just kill it. Yeah. And then, and then we can just go back to watching Raw and SmackDown just being a Raw diet rerun. <laughs> I was just thinking because, like, what's really the benefit of the current wildcard situation other than it's their excuse to get their, quote, big-name stars 
on Raw and SmackDown, both shows. So, like, this week, you know, we had Kofi on Raw and SmackDown, Daniel Bryan, um, Roman Reigns, all that stuff, AJ Styles. But let's look at kind of, like, the bigger picture here, What, how the, the, the effects of it is, one, for anyone who may not know, is, like, when Raw is live on TV, there's a SmackDown house show in a different part of the country or or maybe, like, in the next city over or whatever. Can they kind of keep things near each other? So now you're going to run into the situation. I think you might piss off some fans because you might buy tickets, you know, when tickets go on, say, a couple of months out before that show, thinking, oh, you're going to see all these stars that are going to appear on that SmackDown house show. But now because there's new wildcard rule, like some of those big names that would normally be there are now going to be on Raw instead. So if you're a fan that wanted to buy, this is your one time that WWE might be coming to your town for once a year or, or, or you know, um, every six months, you're going to be pissed off because it's like, okay, like I, I bought tickets for uh, the SmackDown house show. I think Roman Reigns is going to be there. Well, now he's on Raw again. And same thing for if you bought a Raw house show ticket, now AJ Styles or Seth Rollins might be on SmackDown. So it, does that make sense as far as just like for the house show system, it's going to affect that. And and really, yeah, I, I still think that, that you'll uh, because usually they they advertise pretty correctly with who's going to be on it. You like, and I, and I know subjects card uh, 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 card is subject to change. I get that, but also like, okay, this wild card rule is really going to be- benefit what maybe the top mid carders and the main eventers. But if you're like on the lower end, or maybe if you're like a, you know a lower end uh, player right now, they're probably not going to bring you over. They're not going to like. Uh, move like Eric Young back on SmackDown for one match. They're not going to use up, quote, as originally was, what, three people. Now they're saying four superstars any given week can, you know, alternate back and forth. So with those four spaces, you're going to obviously use probably your best resources, your best biggest names. So it doesn't make sense to uh, maybe a low card or someone that's maybe kind of featured more on the the mid card or or opening match uh, scene they're not going to switch shows back and forth. So this is only, yeah, let's look at what it really is. It's just an excuse to get your big-name players on both shows every week. Yeah, and it, it, again, it just it comes down to the fact that what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And it, 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 and is this, a, is this a Fox move motivated deal, you think? Yeah, I mean, the rumor is also just kind of speculation is this is pressure, I guess, towards Vince or the upper officials for WWE that, I guess, uh, NBC Universal that owns USA Network. They're upset of the low ratings currently for Raw and SmackDown. And then Fox, who just spent a lot of money to inherit and buy SmackDown, and they're going to go to Friday nights in October. So it's like, wow, are we inheriting like a show that's not going to do much rate? If we look at the ratings now, how are we going to improve this once we get it? Or is it things going to be a lot worse by the time we actually take over? So I'm sure they're like little buyer's remorse in that sense. Yeah, well, I don't know if they have buyer's remorse because I mean I still think WWE is such a such a great entity and everything like that. But uh, I I do feel like they you know obviously they want all of the big stars on there, and I can't help but feel like this just sort of happens. This happened with the first brand split that eventually you know Vince and creative they sort of get tired of it and they more and more be like oh we want to do this ah but he's on the other show or she's on the other show well yeah. screw that let's just do it anyway. Well, remember, was it this uh, Raw Super Show? It was like supposed to be like a one-time thing, and it turned to multiple weeks in a row. And then finally, it was like pretty ongoing for at least a year, right? If I remember correctly, the timeline. 
But they were really advertising Raw in the big red letters and then Super Show in the blue letters, like taking on the the SmackDown logo. So that, and I think was that also part of when they expanded to three hours, that was kind of yeah. kind of their excuse for having God, SmackDown people. Terrible decision that was too. <laughs> right? I mean, but that, so I, I that, that was was chipping away back then. So this is the new situation now for 2019 for Raw and SmackDown that they're chipping away to kind of get big names on both shows. And uh, yeah, maybe it's pressure from... Fox and NBC, it's like, hey, you guys got to start improving your show and get these ratings going. So it's on you guys to figure it out. And it looks like, like I said, it's quick little scrambles. Like, okay, let's do a wild card rule now and get these people on both shows. And it, it's God, it just it makes no storyline sense. And the way they even introduced it in the in the ring like that with Vince, it just was so uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. And in my opinion, a, ba- a bad usage of Mr. McMahon, mm-hmm. uh, a bad usage of all the talent involved, other than the matches it set up, in a, in a sense, because we, we did get uh, Kofi and Daniel Bryan rematch. We got the Drew and Roman rematch and stuff like that. But I am a proponent of a hard brand split. And the original mm-hmm. idea, uh, when the brand split and the draft was first pitched uh, back in the day, originally... Uh, according to those in the know, like Bruce Pritchard and stuff like that, that Mr. McMahon wanted uh, a hard split between the brands. Like if somebody was on SmackDown, you know, you wouldn't see them on Raw. There wouldn't be like a reassignment for like two or three years. Mm -hmm. And I just think that would be so good for WWE if they really did a brand split and held to it. And this, again, I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and, you know, we're, we're in the sort of death rattles of this brand split right now. So it, it doesn't really do much good to say, you know, well, what we want, but I think it would be so cool if they did that because you would really create new stars. You would create really separate feeling brands. And, you know, I, I, I you could even do the, th- if you had a h- super hard brand split, then I'd be all for having, you know, different champions and stuff like yeah. that. Um, well, but I yeah, mean, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, cause like, I mean, we talked about this in so many different ways over the last year, and I, I think one thing, and just to quickly run down kind of the highlights of what we talked about is I kind of wish when they f- had the first brand split happen, or I mean this most recent one, that they really separated the two shows from a look and production and in all aspects. Just It looks like two separate shows. Like the stage or entrance ramp for Raw is going to look different than SmackDown. I mean, we joked about bringing about the fist. But we said that on purpose because we thought that's a way you kind of separate the styles. Yeah. And then, and then uh, I mean, for Raw, at least the announcers are up on by the entrance ramp and SmackDowns are still ringside. So at least from that look, at least they're separate. And then, I mean, Corey Graves kind of bouncing from both shows, that kind of, that that that's, um, he's like, he was first, him, then John Cena, then Brie Bella as far as crossing over both shows. But then even, I mean, obviously music and just like maybe the anime. I mean, if you look at Raw and SmackDown right now from a production stage standpoint, they literally look like the same thing except for red and blue colors. And I think right there it just shows, all right, they're not putting a lot of effort to kind of separate the two as two different shows, two different entities. But also, yeah, maybe a week after WrestleMania, they do the 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 draft, not the shakeup. We always like the term the draft. and and have like an authority figure for each show and they're drafting people and it's like everyone's in one room and kind of those initial reactions. And then maybe like six months out. So maybe let, let's just say they do the draft every year after WrestleMania. No. Maybe, well, you're. I know you just said like two to three years, but let's say hypothetically if they just want to do one year, every year, 
the week after WrestleMania, but maybe six months later, which is what roughly post SummerSlam, do a trade deadline, and that's a way to kind of shuffle up maybe one or two people. Yeah, if 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 you want to do actual trades, I'm I'm all for that. And yeah, you can kayfabe it however you like. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like a draft every year, I think it's just there should be the NXT draft. You know, the next the next round that? of call ups and stuff like that, and, and they and they do it that way because. If you want to actually build a brand, then you need some stalwarts mm-hmm. on that brand for a long period of time. Yeah. That, you know, you have your, you know, SmackDown has its Ric Flair and Raw has its Hulk Hogan kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And, and they're different. And they both offer something, you know, to the wrestling fan. And you could really develop some pretty cool stuff, I feel like, and really, uh, you know, it would really create that internal competition. And, and yeah. I do feel like in the first brand split, uh, you know, there was that sort of idea that, you know, people wanted to compete with one another and really push each other creatively. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even in this one, you know, the, the wrestlers definitely sort of to whatever extent they can sort of take pride and they want to be sort of the must must see show and the must see match and everything like that and make their brand the best it possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um but man, this wild card thing just throws all of that out the window in my yeah. opinion. This is a bad, bad decision. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't, I've heard one, one per our friend of the show, four year run text me saying he loves the wild card idea. Okay. And I, I, I just un, unbelievable, because, unbelievable that anybody could love this idea. Is it because he, he thinks, or he has high hopes that Baron Corbin will be on raw and SmackDown every week? It may be, maybe it is. No, he didn't say that. He just said that he loves the wild card idea. So I mean, I, it, I, it's something new to look forward to potentially like, Ooh, who's going to be up this week. But well, yeah, that's the whole thing is how is it even going to work? Because apparently on their website, they said, like, someone can only switch to the other show for once, one time only, which I'm like, come on, Roman Reigns, he's not going to be on Raw this one time only. I, I can see he can maybe be literally every week or every other week. And it, like I said, it, it's not you're not going to see, like, an Eric Young or someone like a, a, or a Apollo Crews jumping on Raw and SmackDown every week. Because, oh, my God, he's this big commodity that deserves to be on it, the show on both shows every week. But, yeah, it's going to be the big name main event uh, main event players who've been in the title scene for a while now. Those are the ones that are going to be working double duty every week. And, and then it just makes me wonder how many more people are now going to be sitting in the back now and not getting any TV time. Because as much as we love like AJ Styles, I'm using him as an example. He'll be on Raw and SmackDown every week now. Versus someone else who could have been maybe on the up being that title hunt on either show. So I'm just going to like imagine if you're someone that's frustrated that's sitting in the back locker room fighting for TV time. And now not only are you battling your current show like Raw or SmackDown respected roster. Now you have to worry about people from the other show coming over and taking up TV time. So literally there's going to be I'm sure a ton of people just sitting there twirling their thumbs in the locker room. Yeah, it's a bad idea all around. It was a bad segment. It just really set the tone, in my opinion, for a really awful Raw. <laughs> just a, and you know, look, I love WWE, but I, I did not, and I did not enjoy that three-hour uh, death march of Monday Night Raw. And the wild card thing just really set a bad tone because you know, you know how I feel about all that. I, however, I do want to talk about because there were some high points. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan, the rematch was very good. Yes. Uh, and it, it, I think it did a lot to, you know, once again, put over Kofi strong that he is the champion. It was not a fluke. So I think that was really important. Uh, should have happened on SmackDown, but that was really important. Yeah. I was happy he won clean. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was great for Kofi. 
Uh, and, you know, he got two two title defenses under his belt this this mm-hmm. week, you know, and two really big wins. You know, he on SmackDown, he beat AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag wild card. Uh, so, what about wild thing? Yeah. I think uh, I love I, you. A w- w- wild man, Mark Marrow. Um, <laughs> he should come at me like... God, yeah, he'll be he'll be he'll be the he'll be the the manager of all the wild cards given what what, what show they're on that week. Uh, but that was so. This week was big for Kofi. Uh, yes, I, w- I will say that that was that that was good to see him get two really big wins. Big for Daniel Bryan too, in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will we will get okay. into that as well. I want to get into uh, the Firefly Funhouse though, the latest from Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> what did you think, and what do you think about the gimmick overall and just uh, moving forward? I'm digging it. It was kind of interesting how when they were showing it on Raw that at moments they would like. Uh, I mean, we're just watching it on our TV screen, but then they would pan out and show yeah. the crowd watching as well. So it's kind of interesting to see the crowd kind of be into it. But I mean, I dug this. I mean, I'm still very interested. It has me hooked. It's I, you're watching him like as we say, he looks like this this like upbeat, fun children's TV host, but he looks like he's ready to snap at any moment. And so now he's building up that anticipation of us waiting for him to finally break and who's he going to take it out on. But uh, was it the buzzard um, ate the, the the rabbit? That was funny. And he's like, oh, man. Like, he was kind of like, you know, something violent, tragic happened on his show. But he's like, oh, it's okay. Well, and uh, um, I think, it's, you know, Mercy, uh, the, the buzzard, it's still very cool. He's playing uh, homage to uh, um, the, the character. Oh, my God. I'm blanking. Um, Waylon Mercy. Waylon Mercy. Yeah, yeah. Waylon Mercy that he's, uh, you know, a lot of people say he was inspired by for his current gimmick or previous gimmick i should say but uh and even the guy's uh the buzzard's voice is kind of very very kind of uh Waylon mercy like as well so it's, i think it's very cool just kind of paying tribute to the history of you know wrestling obviously we know his family background so i think it's just cool that he really respects the business and uh the previous people who've come come up along the way but the show over i mean the kids as well i mean they're all just like sad and depressed and he's like hey you guys having fun i just it, I I am very much loving this, and I'm I'm anticipating when he'll actually debut in the ring, who's going to be his first opponent, and then how we're going to see that personality evolve in the ring. How's he going to take it out on people? Is he going to like put on the gloves and then just snap and just yeah. go crazy on someone in the ring? And then maybe when he pins him, he's back to normal smiling. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious how that's going to be portrayed as far as the actual execution of someone in the ring. But like we said before, I, I would love to see the set – being used live in the, the yes. arena as well. So that'd be kind of cool of the next evolution of that. And just, you know, I'm already looking ahead. You know, we love about WrestleMania and access, all the displays of of just uh, pay-per-views and j- just a very, uh, uh, you know, j- just things used in WWE history. I can't wait down the road, maybe a year or two, two, three years, we see the Firefly uh, Funhouse set displayed at a future access. I think that would be really awesome to to see and be a part of and everything like that. And I agree with you. I I am excited for this gimmick for Bray. I think it has legs if they decide to stick with it. And I think it can very easily launch him, uh, you know, into a a big push. And maybe eventually he drops the Firefly Funhouse and it's all some kind of ruse or whatever. But I think Mm -hmm. they can – I think it has legs as it is right now for him to be, again, as we've compared to sort of like a modern-day Doink the Clown evil Mm – 
uh, character kind of deal. And like you were talking about in the ring, you know, he's this really sadistic guy in the ring and then can snap back into sort of being that happy-go-lucky, happy-go-lucky character, sort of like uh, old OG Mankind. Yeah. You know, to that very ominous music and everything like that. But when he'd win, he would play that uh, that happy music at the end of a match and stuff like <laughs> that. So they, they can do a lot of cool stuff with this. I think these have come off well. You know, it's, it's as we've discussed before, it's a tight wire to walk uh, in, in terms of, you know, it not being silly or stupid. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I think I think Bray has done a really good job with that. And I, I'm really it, it is what I look forward to now to see just where is this going to go? Because we don't know yet. And, and how is this all going to pan out? But I'm looking forward to forward to it, meaning a big push for Bray Wyatt, who yeah. I just think is so incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would have liked on the the logo this week when they left it if the rabbit was dead on the logo <laughs> since he just got eaten, but he was still just there alive. But that's okay. <laughs> Maybe that's next small week. Thing. But uh, Bray Wyatt on Twitter actually has been it been very interesting as well. Uh, he tweeted this out, which I I was looking forward to trying. I mean, God, it's impossible to go back and solve, but he's going to help us out with that. He said, "Fun game time." Bet you didn't know that in 2015, I did eight consecutive backstage promos where one sentence didn't belong in each of them. But together, they make up a secret message. No one ever found it. Sad face emoji. You guys never look hard enough. First one to get it wins the prize. Uh, one, that is incredibly awesome. Yes. That that he did that. And I'm not surprised by that because he is such a creative fella. And, you know, people started trying to figure out and crack the code. And yeah. he just said, I've decided to drop the answer to the game next Monday. Some of you have oh. come eerily close, but no one has cracked the code. Interesting. Okay. Until the grand reveal, I've decided to give some clues. Hashtag Firefly Funhouse. Uh, so just very cool stuff from Bray Wyatt. I'm looking forward uh, to the reveal and what that might be. And just, uh, God, what attention to detail that he would even do something like that. Uh, yeah. Just very cool. Well, the other thing uh, he, I think, responded to someone on Twitter about this and said, like, uh, which I kind of won respect for as a rock fan, he referenced, I guess, the band Tool did something a long time ago, like some hidden message, and it took a fan years to figure it out. So I wonder if he was inspired by the band Tool for this specific um game that he's came up with or it's just very cool that the the attention to detail and that you would think of this plan and be very patient and not tell anyone and for years to go by now it's what four four plus years later that this is now coming to surface about it so i for i respect that and it just shows once again like his creative wrestling mind that he came up with this idea and put it together and somehow, you know, slid it in with all his old promos and, like I said, just let it sit on it. Didn't tell anyone. And now, all these years later, he's re- revealed it. And now it's kind of creating, like, a little fun goose chase, scavenger hunt online. And it's a great way to get some buzz for himself now post coming back with this new gimmick. So, all in all, he's kind of doing this really smart way of promoting himself. And, yeah, I would love to hear what the actual answer is. But, like I said, I just re- respect that. I mean, he, he – at, at one point, I wonder if he told anyone privately about this, but the fact that it's never been leaked out or has come to uh, public knowledge, it, it took four plus years to get to this point. So for him to think of this and just execute the way he did, it's really fun and entertaining. It gives me hope that there are guys out there who take the time for the psychological aspects of professional wrestling and how you can 
really build up your character that way and just do something like this. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited for what the actual answer is, but for him to kind of use maybe metal for this uh, as a possible uh, um, motivation and inspire him to do this. So if we ever have a chance to talk to him again, I would love to kind of ask him about that, like maybe how music would help them come up with this idea. It's very Andy Kaufman-esque in terms mm-hmm. of just like a joke almost for yourself and nobody else, but it doesn't matter. If it's funny, it's funny. Uh, I want to talk about uh, some bad jokes, and that's the revival in the Usos. Yeah. And I'd like to issue an apology uh, as I uh, it may have been mistaken when uh, I was talking about how I don't think that they would just out and out bury the revival just because they wanted to leave and they you know they're still going to try and make good television out of it and do a compelling storyline i may have been wrong on that and i'm i'm willing to admit when i'm wrong and this uh, wwe raw preview came out uh before this week's episode and the i will read the part that sort of uh made its rounds on the internet and even got a dash wilder response on twitter Uh, The Raw preview read like this. In other words, this could be the beginning of a whole new revival or the first humiliation of many. The choice (laughs) is up to them. Boy, oh boy. The first humiliation of many is what it's shaping up to be because this week on Raw, we got the debut of the new product, Usi Hot. And this segment was so awful. And it's not only the revival that are suffering here. I I would argue that the greater damage may be being done to the Usos, who are a tag team that since the brand split have been probably the best tag team in all of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. They reinvented themselves on SmackDown and they became, in my opinion, the best versions of themselves Putting them in the role of being sort of these these schoolyard sort of antagonists to Pranksters. the revival is is making them so much worse. It is undermining all the good work that they did on SmackDown. Yeah. And so it's it's not just the revival that are being humiliated, in my opinion. It's both teams. But this Usi Hot segment where you have you have them come out to the top of the ramp and do a countdown of when this stuff should be should be you know sort of engaging and everything like that. One, good God, that is stupid. Well, like go- the, the, the like, and I know it didn't happen exactly when they said it would, but come on, man, the fact that they it should be starting right about now. Like, wh- how, how the hell you don't know that? What the like? What are we doing here? That's like, what, what, what an asinine, like just intellectually, like just. Low brow, <laughs> awful, lazy written, just terrible, terrible segment. This as bad as the wild card thing was, this was the worst thing on on wrestling all week long. <laughs> I will not say worst thing on TV because Game of Thrones aired again this week and it's been a disappointment of a season. Has it? Uh, oh everyone, my God. everyone else it, has been telling me it's everyone awesome. Everyone else I don't are watch sheeple. It. I don't watch They're it. Sheeple and they and they clap. Yee, it's good because I'm told to like it. No, it was crap. Okay, but th- this uh, this was so. Bad, and then just you know they double down the water, and then them you got them squealing around. They're like rubbing their ass in the ring like they're a dog smearing crap. Like, oh my god, this was just so bad. But I wonder, first off, is Usi Hot going to be available at WWEShop.com? It probably will be, sadly enough. But this is just this is just terrible. Well, it's just, just funny because I rewatched it, and you see them in the ring, and they're starting like fanning each other. Or you're fanning themselves, Dan. You're like, why do they keep rubbing? Like, he's like opening his jacket. And this is way before the Usos came out. 
And then the Usos come out, and then that's when they start like really over the top body language, like, oh my God, I'm burning. And but it doesn't make sense. Like, okay, why would you put that on yourselves before you go into a match? And then well, they didn't they didn't put it on themselves. They put it in their ring gear. Okay, okay, gotcha. Oh, th- okay, I was confused by that. I was like, why would they put them on themselves? But anyway, but still, nonetheless, they, it's just like the whole concept, it was just like, like it was all very childish. And like, and don't get me wrong, like sometimes when they have some of the funny humor, you know, it, it can work. But this situation, yeah, it was just very painful to go through and watch. And so, um, yeah, just, I just feel bad for the revival right now. I mean, to their credit, as professionals, they went out there and did their job. That that is a fantastic point, baby Huey, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because, dude, like they're still selling it. Yeah. You know they're they're selling their ass off with it, and if I was out, like I guess that's what made me think about this the most, other than just the absolute trash that this segment was. If they're leaving and they want to leave, man, they're still selling. Like they're bumping their ass off for this oozy hot kind of stuff, and I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I guess yeah, credit to them being professionals, but I, well, okay. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I would do that. One thing, quick observation. I mean, with the revival, their match was supposed to be against the club, who was also in the ring at that time. So it was very, very interesting that these are two tag teams rumored to be on their way out or very unhappy. So just keep that in mind as you know we look back on. You know, maybe a year from now, wherever they end up down the road, wherever other new promotion they go to. But it's just very funny in that moment, all the players involved were 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 were, were those tag teams. But you're right. Like I said, to, to their credit and maybe they, they, they're just trying to take the high road and they know that, you know, they might be on their way out in the near future. So at least wherever they go, they'll have the respect of the fans knowing that. Hey, we did our, we we served out our contract. We did what was asked, and so maybe they just, they just want to maintain respect from wrestling fans that well, and they're, as and professionals. They're, not burning a, they're not burning a bridge with WWE. True as well. So yeah, they're going, they're going out there and they're doing the job that they're asked to do. So credit to them. But man, that was the worst thing that they. The, oh God! And you know what? The, the 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 this is right the worst around, town. The thing right around the corner is is that this is now a bit. So we're gonna get more. So yeah. what's it what's it going to be next week? It's going to be something awful next week and boy oh boy. Maybe this was pee on their their ring gear or something. Yeah, hey don't don't yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. There's going to be some type of toilet humor. <laughs> I was just going to uh, say the Usos in the future. are just bullies now. They're being portrayed as like pranks or bullies. I mean Yeah. It's just it's so bad. Like again, I I feel almost worse for the Usos because they were insanely over, and they were doing some of the best work in all of professional wrestling on yeah. SmackDown, mm-hmm. and we're a couple weeks into into them being on Raw, and it's garbage. So, mm-hmm. man, terrible, mm-hmm. terrible stuff. Uh, uh, well, just real quick, I just want to ask you. So this week, it was a lot of these WrestleMania rematches, which WrestleMania is, what, a month ago now, and there was a lot replaying, a lot of moments from WrestleMania. So just I just want to reference real quick what you've been kind of frustrated with the last couple weeks is like, these constant promos from stuff like a month ago now. So for you, were you just kind of a little like, come on, just get to like a match or it, like they're visiting stuff that's like a month ago yeah. now. It's kind of like old news. You know, the, having the Daniel Bryan Kofi WrestleMania rematch didn't, didn't bother me. Okay. Uh, in, in that sense, because, you know, I think he, Daniel should get his rematch and everything. I didn't like that happened on raw. It should have happened on SmackDown. Yeah. But 
you know, we didn't get to choose that because wild card and all that stuff. Like, oh, God, just so awful. And Daniel Bryan's reason for being there was awful. And just, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, side note, going back to that segment, I loved Lance Storm on Twitter being like, anybody else wondering what Vince McMahon's uh, original announcement was going to be before he was interrupted by all those wrestlers and came up with the wild card thing? <laughs> oh, no. Like, great point, Lance. Great yes, point. Yes, great, great uh, wrestling mind. But yeah, the 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 recap addiction uh, that Raw and SmackDown have, especially Raw, is just uh, awful. Uh, I want to keep it with the Usos though, because they challenged Daniel Bryan and Rowan on SmackDown because hashtag you know wildcard for the SmackDown the vacant SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This was a fantastic match. Uh, with Daniel Bryan and Rowan now becoming tag team champions. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this? I'm excited because rumor has it uh, Daniel Bryan's been gone for the last month, quote, for an injury, maybe a concussion, allegedly. But, I mean, on kayfabe for TV-wise, they were saying he's, like, out meditating, kind of fighting himself post his WrestleMania you need loss. need to meditate, bro. <laughs> yes, but I really enjoy this because, one, now it kind of looks like maybe – He's kind of shifting away from the WWE title scene, and Kofi can focus on Kevin Owens now, and maybe whoever's next opponent is, if he wins or defeats Kevin Owens, who someone else can then jump in the, the mix. But for Daniel Bryan, this is a good way to keep him on TV as a champion, but hey, now this time around it's a tag team champion with Rowan. So keeps Rowan busy, keeps Daniel Bryan busy, and they kind of can stay in that high-profile uh, scene and be featured regular on TV now as champions. And yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, right away, as soon as they won, I was like, oh my God, is he going to get new tag title designs with uh, yes. the environmental friendly, eco friendly, t- yes. eco friendly? I was like, oh my God, this is a great way. So that way, you're keeping that concept fresh on a different set of t- uh, titles versus the WWE title. So, so, so maybe like eventually he can go through everyone. Maybe he'll be Intercontinental Champion one day and do that for that title and then do it for. Uh, U.S. Bell, you know what I mean, like or Universal. He can like kind of make the rounds and win every title eventually, and make them all eco-friendly at some point. But for this situation, I'm excited because now both of them have titles, so now they both can have one. And then uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but it was on WWE.com. They were doing like their post-win photo shoot, and they were both just holding up the titles and like, we can't wait to change these or like, yeah, just that like backstage. Promo was very fun and entertaining. Just shows that stuff Bryan. that they should have on TV. Exactly, exactly. Like they should re-air that on SmackDown this coming week, and then have them unveil the new new tag team titles. Because yeah. that's the kind of character building stuff that sometimes is lacking on the actual show itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask you though about them being now in the tag ranks. Do you view this as sort of like a demotion for Daniel Bryan? I I think it just sort of freshens up his character. I don't look yeah. at it as such a negative. You know, they had a great match with the Usos and I do think he's going to be right there in the, the title hunt. I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a double champion in a couple months. If he gets it back off of Kofi, uh, we will see, but I, I didn't view it in from such a negative lens as some of the people uh, on the, the interwebs did. No, I, I, I just voted. It's another mission that he's on right now. It's another way for him it's another achievement to add to his his resume, his outstanding resume resume of what he's accomplished in WWE alone, right there. But so I, I by all means, do not vote it or see it as a demotion. I think it's just another achievement. And I mean, I know he was tag champs back in the day with Kane, but this is something new, and it, it kind of adds some more credibility to even Rowan now as his his partner in crime. Yeah. I mean. It, it gives them both like legit. Okay, see, I won the WWE championship. 
Now, Rowan and I, we've won the tag titles. Like, we're the badass guys on SmackDown or maybe in the wild card, Raw and SmackDown now. But for, 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 but for, for them and for their character building, I think this is uh, it's huge for them. And like I said, I mean, you know, maybe if Daniel Bryan eventually is back in that title scene, but for right now, short term, this gives him something else to work on and do and, and maybe help revive the tag team division. I mean, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. Maybe some new, he could take on some guys that he maybe hasn't had a chance to face before, but now he can face them in a tag team situation. So that's what I'm kind of interested in as well. I, I mean, I'm not going to jump the gun and say, oh, this is terrible demotion. I, I said this is something fresh and something new for Daniel Bryan to take on. And like I said, for just even for the gimmick of the title belts being changed, that's going to be yes. fun. That's going to be a fun segment whenever that happens. Who knows? Maybe next week. But then after that, they're going to, you know, get into some rivalries, probably hold on the belts for a while. And then who knows? Whoever wins the titles off them down the road, they'll kind of have a similar uh, uh, unveiling, like when Kofi won at WrestleMania, bring back the new SmackDown championship. So. I don't know. But for right now, I'm all for this just for, for Daniel Bryan's sake, and it gives him a new set of a style of promos to do as well. And I and I think it could – maybe Daniel needs, you know, to be in the tag ranks right now because he is healing off of injury. Yeah. So it'll, it'll give him a chance to catch a breather, and he will have some great tag team matches. And it does give Rowan more to do than just being, you know, his muscle, which I do think he's – that he's very suited for that role. Mm-hmm. I, was, I never felt like they really justified – very well why he was with Daniel. I, w- I wish they would have told a better story in, in terms of why he's now sort of Daniel's insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but be that as it may, I, I am looking forward to them having some kick-ass tag team matches and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I thought it was good, and they and they had a good match. Uh, also on SmackDown, we alluded to it earlier, Kofi defending his title successfully against AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. Um, really good match, really enjoyable match. What do you think about Sami Zayn's uh, heel run? I know we talked about it last week, but I, uh, it is picking up steam everywhere that I'm reading about. People really enjoying it. I've enjoyed the promos as far as, he, in a way, he's kind of, I mean, as far as the, the promos, the style, and the way what he's saying, the actual content, and how he's delivering, it very sounds like it's a shoot promo. Like he's venting about his frustrations, and, and we joked that maybe someone in the back, writers, are like, um, are, 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 reading like comments from listener or from the fans, WWE universe on Instagram or Twitter. And they're taking those as inspiration of what uh, Sami Zayn should be saying in his promos. So it's kind of very foreshadowing of what, like what people are frustrated with. And um, it's uh, also for Sami Zayn. It's been very entertaining to see what he's been doing in the ring. And as far as these promos, my only concern is, I mean, it's a great way to get some heel, uh, heat as well, so I'm really been enjoying all that. My only concern, as far as a continuity standpoint, is, okay, Braun Strowman comes out, chases him, kicks his ass, throws him in a garbage bin, garbage dumpster. He gets thrown into the truck, and then next night at SmackDown, he just shows up, and he's fine. So it's like, from a continuity, it's like, dude, you got your ass beat and thrown into a dumpster. Like, kind of sell it a little bit more. So that's my only to, thing. To quote old school, hey, didn't we lock you in a dumpster? Yeah, I got out. <laughs> So he's like Dean Pritchard. Cheese. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm enjoying Sammy's heel heel work as well. I do think the critic of the critics character has a a lot of uh, you know good uh, longevity to it. Do some cool stuff. 
uh, moving forward. I still I still see Sammy overall as his best work being as a babyface. Absolutely. But he is really uh, fully committing here to the heel turn, and and I think this heel run's working much better than when he was paired with KO. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where else they go with that. I am also looking forward to seeing, hopefully, the return of one Sasha Banks. I was listening to her entrance theme this morning as I as I rolled into work. It always gets me going. Uh, her husband took to social media, and given the line of work that I'm in, it's not always a good thing when one significant other or spouse goes on to Twitter to comment on anything lately, and I'll just leave it there. But Sasha Banks' husband took to Twitter and he said this about the alleged sort of, they call the tantrum, the sort of the fit that supposedly, according to the what have you online, Sasha Banks and Bayley were very vocal and displeased about losing the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania. Nobody more displeased than me sitting in that crowd there at MetLife Stadium. I think I brought the rain later on that came on all of us uh, waiting in line for those charter buses. But uh, her husband took to Twitter and just said, FYI, no tantrum ever happened. So mm-hmm. he is disputing the fact that any tantrum happened. So that's one thing. You know, be the, so, and, and I, that very well could be the case. I don't, a lot of this stuff is like the game of telephone. You know, th- something can be misinterpreted backstage. Maybe they were tired or whatever. And you know, Because one of the things you hear is that they, they were like lying on the ground, just very like sort of like moping about, you know, maybe they were tired. WrestleMania is a long week. I was tired. You know, you and I were laying around in our king bed for a lot of it. God, it was like it's like it's like pulling teeth to get you out of bed in the morning. You didn't you didn't get the breakfast once our whole time at the hotel room. I, I like went down for like three rounds before you even rolled over. I didn't want to interrupt your like your hibernating with uh, Izzy or with with. Uh... God, I mean, but not even once. So I mean, people get it's a long week, and we weren't we're not even wrestling. We're not doing half the schedule that they're doing. So my point is there is that you know him going on there and saying no tantrum ever happened. I think it's very possible that you know the the dirt sheets and everything like that were fed bad information. But then he went on to post on Instagram a photo of Saucer Banks saying, keep steady. No matter what you do, they'll always find a way to justify their dis- their disdain. Mm-hmm. Let your silence speak volumes. Hashtag WCW, which, of course, is Woman Crush Wednesday, not World Championship <laughs> Wrestling. Or, or so we are For the millennials. And he added Sasha Banks. Uh, but I mean, the other side of this coin is Tantrum or no, Sasha Banks has not been on WWE TV since WrestleMania. Yeah. And, and you know, it has come out there that she has is very unhappy, not necessarily with dropping the tag team titles, but her role in general with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it, it is so bizarre to me how this whole thing is playing out and, and that it's playing out so publicly. You know they're in they're in Europe right now, and if you believe the what have yous online, is that she's not she didn't make the trip to you know for the European tour for Raw. Mm-hmm. It, it's very disappointing because I, I Sasha Banks is such a great superstar. Yeah. She has she uh, is incredible in the ring. She is very I, I feel like transcendent outside of it in terms of just her marketability. Um, I, I don't know where it's where it's going from. It's not. I don't think it's a good look. Defending. I, I get the the desire to want to defend your loved one online and everything like that. Yeah. But the more public this becomes, I feel like the worse and just more awkward it becomes for Sasha Banks. And I, I don't know if that's going to work out in her favor. I hope she comes back to work. 
Yeah. You well, know, I want to see her on, on WWE television. I would just wonder, like, in this situation, and you and I have not been in a wrestling locker room, but, like, the fact that this is playing out so publicly, as you just said, and it has a lot of, a lot of negative vibes around it, like, when she does return to the locker room, do people just greet her like, hey, you're back, oh, my God, or just people just kind of like, oh, hey, and just kind of turn their back and just keep getting well, ready? I always love to know, like, like behind the scenes. Go back to when Stone Cold walked out. Yeah. And he did, you know, when he came back, he made sure to go to a lot of people in the locker room, sort of explain himself, apologize, mm-hmm. because there is that sort of aspect that's like you're making it about yourself mm-hmm. and and w- when it when it shouldn't be. But, you know, she signed the contract. I, I do believe in working out your contract and not okay. sort of like refusing to come to work kind of deal. And it's happened, you know, a lot of the top, you know, not a lot, but, you know, over, over the course of the years, top stars in pro wrestling have sort of taken that tactic hell athletes have done that wanted to hold out on their contract and everything like that it's never really the greatest look for the athlete or the performer uh to do that and and but i do think sasha banks has a lot of support online from the fans you know people love sasha banks she took to twitter and you know as we go down this rabbit hole she tweeted at tessa blanchard let's wrestle so you know that's her way of of uh, creating some buzz online, and people are like, "Oh my God, look, she's upset. She's not on WWE TV right now. It sounds like she wants out." And look, she's yeah. calling calling her shy. Wants Tessa Blanchard. I mean, it's yeah. just a way to create some buzz for her while not on TV right now. And but why isn't she at work? Yeah, I mean, like, could she like is can. Are you I allowed- also don't understand. I don't understand what. Again, we're not. We don't know the be- behind the yeah. scenes career. Maybe she was promised things that didn't pan out. But she's had a damn good run on the main roster. Absolutely. Well, I'm just asking you this. Like, if you and I got mad at someone at work and didn't show up for a month, we'd be fired. Like, Dude. I, 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 I just don't get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I'm like this. Situation- I missed one game. I'd be out of my ass. But you, you know, get what I'm I saying? No showed one game. Convince McMahon or someone said, "Hey, listen." I'm paying you money, this contract, you show up. Oh. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing with Vince, which I think is to his credit, is that he understands the unique business he's in, the sort of – and I think he understands talent. And they, they, when you get really creative people, they go through these sort of things where, you know, there's there's the pride of authorship, there's the pride of character and stuff like that. And if you feel like things are not going your way with your character, that's just like you're killing Sasha Banks with this. And, like, throw your hands up in the air and take your ball and go home. He's dealt with this. It doesn't make him happy, but I think Vince is such a – he is brilliant, and, and that's a shoot. You know, whether awkward or not on Monday Night Raw <laughs> when he says he's brilliant. He is brilliant. Yeah. And I think he understands the creative minds at play here because when – you know, <laughs> when well, the Shawn not, Michaels of the world, yeah. when the Stone Cold Steve Austins of the world. Even with Nia when, Jax when, last when, year. When Bret you know, exactly with Bret Hart, you know, not wanting to do exactly what he's been asking of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some of them have gone home or, or, or done whatever. He gives them time to sort of sort things out and then come back to work. He wants to do business He in, he, he wants to make it work. So I think, I think that's to Vince's credit that he doesn't just be like, well, screw them. We're just going to keep, you know, you know, like and hold this grudge and everything like that. I think when they work things out with Sasha Banks, you know, will there be some backlash? Maybe. But I think if he sees the star power and under and just it sees that fire, I, I don't think I think Sasha can come back from this. OK, and I think that's I think that's a credit to to Mr. McMahon. 
uh, and, and just how his track well, record over the years of, do you, of doing that. You know, I mean, Stone Cold walked out. Uh-huh. And, you know, when he came back, obviously Stone Cold is a, the biggest superstar of all time in terms of merchandising and just money made and everything mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, he didn't. It wasn't like sort of some type of doghouse punishment for Stone Cold when he came back. You know, when Sean was just in the sort of the the IC stage, he he didn't really get punishment when he had his ups and downs with that and everything. Uh, he he understands the, the the weird sort of ups and downs that come in the pro wrestling business, and he's been able to roll with those punches pretty well. But I just I, I just keep coming back to what Sasha's so pissed off about. Well, because she, she's main evented pay-per-views. She, yeah. that, she's done all these historic things. She's elevated the women's division. Yeah, Ronda Rousey was a transcendent superstar and dominated Monday Night Raw. That was good for everybody. And, and it, I'm, you know, I don't, I didn't agree with them taking the titles off of Bailey and Sasha at WrestleMania. Yeah. But disagreeing with that one finish does not constitute a walkout. However, I mean, is she has she worked herself into a shoot? Is she pissed off about the fact that, you know, she does have that now the sort of the storyline reputation that she can never defend a title kind of deal? Is she uh, I I just don't understand what she's so upset about. Well, I wonder Cuz again, if anybody should be upset, it should be Bailey. Cuz <laughs> she's been assassinated on the main roster. She's I, starting to reform on SmackDown, but still. I I'm just thinking one, well, two things real quick, just so what you're saying with Vince, he he allows their guys or 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 men and women superstars to have time in and and cool off, go away yes. and cool off for a bit. Kind of I mean, make, he doesn't like it, but he can get past it. And just kind of let them collect themselves and then come back and kind of maybe Repick things up. So yes, to his credit, it's it's one of the few jobs that they have that luxury. Like as we say, you and I can't do that, and a lot of people can't do that. So I think sometimes when wrestlers do this, I think that's where you kind of lose sympathy from the WWE universe. You're just like, well, now you just look like you're complaining. But to, yeah, to her defense, though, I just wonder maybe yeah, she was promised some things, or she's been part of the top of the roster for a couple years now, and then to kind of slip away from that, I'm sure that's tough on her ego. And so I'm sure she's probably like, you know, probably getting upset that she's losing out what she where she once was, and I, I think that's. I'm confused because now Ronda's gone. Yeah, and and, and if, if any if if any time that she would want to be on TV, this is the time again. It's right now. Raw needs help. Raw is like women's division, I, like literally because if you was the segment uh, um, when um, uh, uh, when they invited the four women out. To, you know, to watch, and Becky came out, and you, you, just that, like, just they have only six women right now on their roster. Like, um, you know, what I mean, Lacey Evans was in the ring, and then uh, uh, the four ladies, Natty, Naomi, uh, Alexa, and uh, Dana came out, and then Becky. So it's just like, literally, it's like, is that all they have right now? Are there six? Those are the six main women, uh, female wrestlers right now. So I, for Sasha, it's like, okay, Bailey goes to SmackDown, let her do her thing there. This is her time to shine and re-help the, the, the division, especially if, uh, you know, once Becky, we assume, is going to, you know, uh, defeat Lacey, uh, Sasha can come right in and kind of yes. be the next big uh, challenger for Becky and kind of have something good brewing for maybe potentially SummerSlam. What, what I want to see, and even though it's a stupid rule, but might as well make it work, her show up in wildcard rule and then win, win them tag titles back. You know, have her show up on SmackDown. Yeah. With Bailey and, and and win the tag titles back. Okay. Uh, but 
we'll we'll see if that happens. But yeah. yeah, I just I don't understand what she's pissed off about. I want to see her back. So whatever she's totally. going through, I hope she works it out. And God, but I I still I stand by it. I think it, her leaving would be a bigger deal than Dean Am when with Dean Ambrose leaving. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I just I think it's a bigger deal. Yeah. Um. All right, AEW is expected to make their Turner announcement Wednesday, uh, okay. and they're expected to be on TNT airing live for two hours. I, wow! Man, if, if if this if this happens, dude, this is so huge for them to be totally. on TNT proper for two hours on Tuesday nights. Uh, I man, I I kind of selfishly wish I I feel like one hour is just to me the model to go to. Yes, because it keeps you wanting more. And everything like that. And I think, especially to start out, I think one hour would be smart. But yeah, you know, well, I'm sure they have. I mean, they definitely have enough talent uh, to. Do you, you know, think sort of so? To our, do you yeah, think the ro- well, the roster is has enough depth to survive two hours? I mean, without getting stale too soon. That's I mean, what I'm. They just, they just picked up Jack Evans. You know, okay. I know, I know, you don't know who he is, but he I was love a Jack big, Evans. Yeah, big star in Lucha Underground. Oh my god, uh, huge star, <laughs> dude! That one match he had. Amazing. Yeah, what group was he with? Oh, the group? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I love his blonde hair. You know, he has great blonde hair. Oh, my and... God. Huey furiously Googling away. Oh, he was with the reptile people, too. So, I mean... Incorrect, baby Huey. Incorrect. But AEW, I mean, expecting to make that announcement on Wednesday, it, it, I'm just, I'm happy to finally, like, know. You know, I just want to know what exactly is going on so we can end all the speculation. But yeah. we talked about this months ago, Baby Huey, and they, they've pretty much gone exactly to plan with that. And that is they give us a little bit of announcement, you know, each step of the way to keep just people talking about them. They've done a really good job of keeping themselves in the wrestling news and creating this buzz. I they, yeah. They've done fantastic work. Great uh, marketing of, team. Yes, just really, really tremendous, really smart stuff. Uh, I want to end this week's episode on sort of an off, uh, outside-the-box uh, note this week, and we're going to be talking about a movie trailer, and that is the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw, starring this guy Dwayne Johnson, who we all may remember as The Rock. Uh, Jason Statham was also in it, and also Roman Reigns is in it, and from this trailer, it looks like he gets a, a, a good little bit of, of time in mm-hmm. this movie at some key moments. What did you think of the trailer? And just uh, Roman Reigns and, and The Rock teaming up on the big screen. Uh, a couple things. I mean, I can't believe this is, I mean, obviously it's a spinoff from the Fast and the Furious uh, franchise, which those are up to eight movies, if you can think about that, in the last two decades. And so now... The Rock really reinvigorated the franchise, too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Because he came in with was the fifth one, Fast Five, I believe. I think. I'm trying to just backtrack. But yeah, when he came in, he kind of definitely gave it a shot in the arm and revived the whole franchise. But, I mean, this trailer, you look at it, and it checks off all the boxes of what we expect out of a Fast and Furious-type movie. You got big action. You got amazing fight choreography. You got chase scenes. You got multiple types of vehicles, cars. uh, Idris uh, Elba with superpowers, apparently. Yeah, he's a super soldier or something. So he's like like an evil Captain America. through walls, and it's just... Oh my god! Well, it just—he says he's if anybody—if anybody watched the '90s superhero TV show Mantis, he looks like an evil version of Mantis a little bit, <laughs> my, minus the headgear. Yeah. Well, I'm just anybody—anybody anybody that watched Mantis '90s Fox, get at me, Mantis. Continue. Mantis, Mantis on Fox. I'm just I'm trying to remember which one that was. Uh, Dude, it was a short-lived show. I'm just trying to remember which one that was. Oh. 
Yeah, I think so. Anyway, but I, for the trailer itself, I mean, it's a pretty long one. It's like three and a half minutes. I'm like, that's a lot of footage they're showing to us. But nonetheless, I mean, it looks badass. It looks fun. And I mean, for Jason Statham and The Rock, I mean, for the, the movies that they appeared together in the Fast and the Furious movies, they definitely had a fun chemistry together. So I think it's really cool that they're branching off and doing their thing. And so it's very cool that they're kind of using the success that they help rejuvenate the Fast and Furious franchise and kind of keeping that momentum going into their own film. And it's a different concept. I mean, as far as it's them too, it's the focus versus Vin Diesel and the rest of their crew. So it's something different, but it very much has those similar aspects. Like I mentioned, the checkbox of everything you want in a Fast and Furious type of movie. And it looks like it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, even as what you said with, with, with Roman Reigns in there, it looks like he's going to get some decent screen time. Because I think when we saw the initial photo on Instagram, we thought, oh, maybe he's going to appear in one scene or something like that. It, but, it looks awful. The movie looks terrible. You think so? The movie looks completely absurd. And, I mean, and that, of course. It'll, it, it'll be fun. But, I mean, it looks like The Rock got a green light to do an action version of the movie Grown Ups. It's like, <laughs> I'm just going gonna, gonna to bring in all my friends and we're, we're, gonna, we're doing this now. Yeah, and it I mean, just there's like the ridiculous, just some of the. I mean, I want to see it. Don't get me wrong, I want to see this movie. I mean, but this it looks like, and I don't mean in a fast. It looks like an absolute train wreck. But I'm rooting for it because I like The Rock, of course. Love The Rock. I love Roman. I like Jason Statham. I like Idris Elba. I like everybody involved with this. But it looks like just. Uh, just absurdity on. on steroids. But like all Fast and Furious movies, we don't go for like an Oscar type no, act, of course acting not. performance. I, but of the Fast movies, the, I mean, this looks like the most over the top, just ridiculous yet. I mean, that's what the, you could say easily about the, like the last two or three, just how over the top they've gotten. Like, and I think what was it two movies ago? They, they have, have a superhero. Now. They literally call him Black Superman in the trailer. <laughs> well, yeah, because but that's what I'm saying. It's like the like the two movies ago when when they were I think in India or wherever Saudi Arabia, but they had like a car. Flying across building to building and like it just they keep I, they get, like in the last movie like wasn't I I think Tyrese was spinning around in the snow and like I, I picked up the, someone. The solution too is that yeah we need cars and we need guns like to fight a war you need car like we need we need some we need some muscle cars number one yes and we need guns yeah like number two but mostly cars yeah yeah because as we come to find out they don't have guns they've got some old school Samoan weaponry that they're using now <laughs> bring back and the they, basics like, yeah and and instead of it so we're out of guns so we're gonna strip down and go full Samoan here this <laughs> good lord it, it's grown ups meets Fast and Furious. And hey, you know what? I'm here for it. I'm just going to say, man, watch out for you Roman fans. Maybe if this works out, he can start appearing in another movie, then another yes. movie. Yes. This is this is the gateway for him, man. His stock could be increasing pretty soon. And, you know, very much like his cousin can uh, start maybe uh, moving over into the movie side of things. So I don't think wrestling fans have to worry too much because of his acting skills or anything like his promo skills. We'll still be seeing him uh, on Raw and SmackDown for the foreseeable future. Yes. But so Oh, by get, the way. Don't, 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 to, get, don't get too excited over there with your tater tots because it's still Roman Reigns. <laughs> that is going to do it for us this week, though, here at In The Click. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in The Click, see ya. And I wouldn't want to be you.